Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament. We move through the narrative and the text and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, ready to go. Yep. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to join together again to study your word. We pray your blessings upon our audience. We pray for those who will listen whenever they listen. And, and I pray, Father, that uh, the things that we say and the things that we uh, we talk about, study about today, will have an impact on our life. Well, thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for giving us the, the word and its power that we can uh, that we can glean the things that we need to know so that we can navigate this world and, and navigate the, the prospects of what goes on in the, in the and the plans that you have and uh, and do those things in a way that you'd be pleased with us thank you father for all of that and thank you for your son it's in his name that we pray amen amen all right we're in numbers chapter 25 we are leaving behind uh balaam yeah we've left him behind although yeah. we are now living in uh living in his um living with the results of his actions. And, you know, Cole, I mean, we talked about, you know, I know this is, we're doing this on a Monday morning. So that everything, sometimes we refer to stuff that happened yesterday, which is on Sunday. And it was, uh, uh, you know, of course, we're a couple of these ahead, so they won't see this for a couple of weeks. But, uh, but uh, you know, we talked about uh, uh, the the impact we have and the of serving. The impact, my class was in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, and it was about uh, the imitating, you know, who we imitate, the kind of the kind of legacy we leave. Well, Balaam's left a bad thing, man. You know, he is uh, he has conspired with this guy, and he's brought, uh, you know, he's told basically what we talked about last week is he told he's he's told Balak what you have to do. Yeah, and that's what he did. This is what you need to do to defeat these people because I can't curse them. God won't let me. So this is what you have to do, and you can, and you play into the into the sin. This is exactly what Satan does. Satan knows how to attack us. He knows the little the the doors that he that we leave open and the doors we leave, and we have shut. He knows. He knows the the rooms in our house that are fair game, and he can he can come and live there. And he knows the ones that aren't. You know. So you know it's this didn't shouldn't be a surprise that to anybody. You know he's a, you know we have a, a god of this world that is more than capable of. of of cleaning your clock on any given day. That's right. You know, and and we let him, and that's exactly what these what the Israelites going to do. They're going to let Balak and the Moabites do exactly what Balaam tells them, and then what's going to happen? You know, so well, they. I think it's the uh, the Midianites. The Midianites. Midianites. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so oh well, Moabite. No, it is so, a Moabite. Moabites. Hold on yep. here. 
So we're going back and forth with the Moabite and Midianites. So both of these groups of people um, are there. Or this is the same group of people. I forget which it is. But either way, what we're dealing with here is Balaam has told. He tried, as you pointed out, he tried to uh, mm-hmm. he tried to get his way. Right. Yep. He wanted the money, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the legacy that he leaves because in Second Peter, Balaam's name is still known. He's known as a false uh, a false prophet yep. who, who uh, <laughs> was so greedy that he was led away from God, right? Mm-hmm. And so he was so mad. It says his, his greed was so overcoming or he was so mad with it that his madness had to be restrained by, by a donkey, right? Yeah. So that's the legacy he left. But here, we're dealing with the immediate after effects. So he didn't just say, right, now the text in 24 and all through 23 make it sound like, well, I'm going to say the same thing. That's not what he That's not what he was doing. He wanted the money. And he made sure he got it. And in 31, Numbers 31, we see that story. We mm-hmm. see that he he's the one who teaches, who told the rulers, hey, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. You have your women go down there and seduce them to follow well, and the he, right. And he, you know, he, Satan knows from our past what he can do and what he can't do. He knows. That's right. He knows what we've done before. He knows what how to attack us. You know, I was I was just I was talking about, you know, we were talking about a guy that I know that used to be a member of the church and and uh, and Satan knew how to attack him. Oh yeah. He knew what to do and now he's got him. He didn't have one room in his house. He's got the whole house. Man. Now, he's com- he's consumed this guy's life and this guy is completely so venomous. When it comes to God, you know, hey, I don't, I don't have nothing to do with him. I, I have nothing to do with that that clown, and that's the way he talks. You know, he's a clown. I'm not gonna have anything to do with him, because because Satan, he allowed Satan an opportunity, and Satan took advantage of it. The you know, the Israelites allowed sin to take it to. He allowed them an opportunity. They allowed it an opportunity, just like we do. Yeah. You know, and you know, guys, you know, you let sin have an opportunity. Let it have an opportunity, and Satan is going to use that to to undermine everything now, that you stand for. Now, again, we need to be very careful to parse this out correctly because mm-hmm. what we're we're not talking about people. God's judgment is going to come down. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about people who struggle and fail. No, okay? no, 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 no. You you want to look at how God responds to those who struggle and mm-hmm. fail. You know, David is a great example of mm-hmm. that. Uh, we see Moses is a great example of that. I would say Aaron, Miriam. These are these are those these are people who are great examples of people who were trying but failed, mm-hmm. right? Who struggle but f- have, have fail, right? Um, Abraham is a wonderful example yeah. of someone who struggles, who is trying to believe God and follow God, but he's failing all over the place. I watched this guy I'm talking about. Right. I watched him do this. I've known him for a, I've known him since he was this big. Yeah, right? I've known him. Right, I taught him. Yeah. Okay. And I've watched him struggle and fail, get up, struggle and fail. Sure. But at some point, at some point, the struggles and the failures became greater than the get up. Well, at which point? And so that's that's an important that's an important distinction because if you struggle and fail, God's with you the whole time. Yeah. God's going to be with you. God's grace is there. That's why it's there. The metric of our new covenant is living towards god and towards each other right i'm struggling and failing because i don't want i don't want to sin i don't want to live that way i don't want to do those things and so there's the struggle and failure right but then as i'm trying to live a life that pleases him my the rest of my walk 
is loving the church and serving the church. And, and John says in 1 John, this is walking in light. And as we yep. walk in the light, the blood continually cleanses us of all sin. Why? Because we're not going to be perfect. Yep. We're going to try, mm-hmm. but we're not going to be. So we need to understand that difference. Now, the gentleman you're talking about, he's not struggling and failing. Not anymore. He now professes to hate God. Yeah. Okay. So now that's rebellion. Yeah. God can forgive struggles and failures all day long. But, what, but when what you have, turn against him. But what have we seen here? And that's what this is. But what have we seen before this? Rebellion. We talked about how rebellion and what did God do? Forgave it. He did forgive it at, at over and over with these people over and over and over. You know, and I still I still believe that this guy mm-hmm. at some point, I don't know how, I don't know when, but at some point that something can be said yeah. That can turn the rebellion, God will forgive him. If he'll turn from the rebellion, oh, God will forgive him. So I'm not saying that God can't forgive that. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Hebrew writer has some things to say about it mm-hmm. that may make us wonder sometimes. I believe that God is exceedingly patient, wanting all people to repent and to, to come to a knowledge of him. And I believe that God gives us lots of time, even when we are rebellious. Yeah. Okay. But at some point, it is rebellion. That leads to our destruction. Yeah. At it, some point. It is some, at some point, it leads to a place where we will not come back. Now, And we don't know where that is. What I, yeah, and that's exactly what I would say, right? What I would say is at some point, in rebellion, not the struggle and the failing, mm-hmm. in rebellion, when you have walked away, when you said, I'm done with God, I'm not doing God anymore, I'm leaving him behind, I'm, he, God well, is this or a, God is that. Ask, ask yourself. You know, I know this guy, when 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 he believed that God gave him what he asked for, he was fine. Mm-hmm. When he asked again and he didn't get the same result, that's when, wait a minute, why not? You know, and then he asked again and he still didn't get the same result. And then the and then the, the result started to cascade downwards. Right. And it started to get worse and worse. It and he wasn't getting the same response. He wasn't getting the same answers he thought. That's right. And it and it progressed to getting worse and worse and worse. And then and now he's at the point where I'm not going to listen to him. Well, and this is the parable of the seed, right? Yeah. The seed the seed takes root, and in three different cases the seed took root, but in only one case it produced a fruit. In the other two, one was it had shallow roots. So in the time of testing, Jesus says it, it you fall away. Mm-hmm. In the time of that testing. God is giving us tests, just like he's giving these people tests, right? Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do about that? You know, God wants you to pass the test. Yeah. When a teacher gives a test, the teacher's intent well, is that you pass. And what happens here is, is these guys, you know, they have they have an affinity to certain kinds of sin, and Balaam knows that. That's right. And and that's how that's how they, they are seduced away by by their, their sexual perversion. But but this that implies, and this is why we're having the conversation. That implies that they're struggling and failing. Mm-hmm. They're not struggling and failing. These people okay. are in rebellion. Okay. And this, so it's not like it's not like they're looking at well, this. They they hold on. Sorry. Yeah. About that. You know, uh, they. It's not that they uh, that. You know the it there's a there are certain things in my life, okay, mm-hmm. that for a long time I couldn't be around certain stuff. Sure, the temptation was just too much. Sure, and so I'd stay away from it. You yeah. know, uh, I haven't. You know, Jim and I were just talking. But I haven't drank in forty years. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I, I I can't be around certain kinds of individuals. Certain, sure, not even so much anymore, but before. Yeah, and and when you. 
uh, when you when you don't give Satan the opportunity to tempt you. That's right. On purpose. But those are two different. That's someone who is trying. Yes. Yes. These people aren't trying, and we're going to see why. We're going to yeah. see it well, real let's, clearly let's get in the story. It, okay? Right? okay. But I want to make that distinction because what I don't want people to think is, oh my gosh, I'm struggling and failing, and God's going to destroy me. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That, back that up. Yeah. This this is completely different. And okay. We can look at First Corinthians ten where Paul explains that as well. But yeah. let's look at it. So verse. So while Israel is staying in shit, and we're going back up to twenty five one, just to give a refresh, right? The people ate sacrificial meals and bowed down before these gods, right? They they began to indulge in sexual immorality with the Moabite women. And that's who Bal Balak was. And that's and that's where Balak comes in yeah. and Balaam comes in, right? So Israel, it says, yoked themselves to the bowel of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. Okay? And he's rightfully angry. Yeah. Here's this people. They're supposed to be his. Mm -hmm. And they're basically committing yeah. adultery yeah. with the Baal of Peor. Mm -hmm. So the Lord said to Moses, you know what, fine, take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. Why? Because we've been through this before, right? And the Lord's anger with this people has come again and again and again. He just blessed them, right? Had ba They didn't even know what was going on. The Lord is blessing them over and over and over again. Seven times Balaam pronounces a blessing on them, and this is what they end up doing. Yeah. So he's, he's angry, you yeah. know, not without cause. He's a if, you're, if your wife starts stepping out on you, you get angry. Yeah. And that's what's going on here, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Moses said to Israel's judges, each of you must put to death those of your people who have yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor. So some people would look at this and say, well, the Lord doesn't discriminate. He says, take all the leaders of these people, kill them. Well, what, is, what does that mean? Well, Moses helps us understand what that means. He says, look, you need to put to death the people who are leading this rebellion who are yoking themselves and showing the people, okay, you need to put them to death. Yep. That's what he tells these judges. So then, then, but then look, and this is why I say, this isn't just about struggling and failing. Yeah, okay. This is full on rebellion. Look at what happens. Then, it, so you're in the midst of all this going on, mm -hmm. big old hubbub. And then look what happens. Then an Israelite man brought into the camp, a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. In other words, we're putting all these people to death. We're, we're killing all the rebellious. We're getting rid of them, right? God's already said that whole generation is going to die in the wilderness. Well, here we have more of them dying. And right in the middle of everybody weeping and gnashing their teeth and distressed and upset, here comes this dude. And he's got on his arm this Midianite woman. Yeah. And they're going to his tent. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like this. It's like this. It's like this. Thumbing his nose at him. Yeah. I'm going to do what I want, right? This is not someone that is beat up trying to resist trying to fight temptation this is not someone who's looking at god going god i'm so sorry i don't want to do this please help me and then resisting all for the day for the week for the month however long and then falling on their face mm -hmm. that's not what this is no. No. because see god looks at that person and says <laughs> Look at my servant. Yeah. Look at him try. Look at him fight. Look at him dig. Yeah. Right? That's not what this is. This is someone going, I'm going to do what I want, God. And so he goes, and he, he goes uh, with this woman. And then when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw this, he left the assembly. He took a spear in his hand, followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear into both of them, right through the Israelite man and into the woman's stomach. And then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. 
but those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. Hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot here, man. There's a whole lot. We got read, 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 sure. read, read the next what's coming. Verse 10? Yeah. Then the Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger away from the Israelites, since he was as zealous for my honor among them as I am. I did not put an end to them in my zeal. Therefore, tell him I am making my covenant of peace with him. He and his descendants will have a covenant of a lasting priesthood, because he was zealous for the honor of his God and made atonement for the Israelites. Wow. Wow. You know, this guy... You know, the, the the blessings that come to people who stand up, you know, let's say, you know, uh, you stand up in a pulpit and you and you proclaim the truth in spite of what it can cost. OK, mm -hmm. you proclaim the truth, you know, and, you know, I mean, we 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 live stream our stuff. Yep. You know, we get, you know, you, me, James, we get up in the pulpit and we say things. And sometimes one of these days that stuff may come back and bite us. And God right here says, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you because of that, because you weren't afraid to stand up and tell the truth and say the truth. We've done that in this class before we've said the truth. It, it hasn't bit us yet, but one day it might, you know, it might, you know, we, does that mean we're not going to tell the truth? No, we're going to keep teaching the truth. And, and that, you know, what is, what, what does Phineas do? He, he goes in and takes a spear and runs it through them both. That means they were already engaged at some point. You know, and he stabs him, right? And God says, "That's my guy," because he was zealous for the truth. So, and let's and let's talk about what this what the the one to one comparison, right? Because I know everyone's doing it. It's like, wait a minute, is God telling us that we ought to take spears and no. go kill sinners? No. Stand by, stand by. Look, first of all, understand that Israel is God's covenant people. Mm -hmm. So, if you're looking for an application of this, the application is within the church. You know. So mm -hmm. then the question is. What does this look like today in the church, right? Mm -hmm. And so Jesus tells us, if we have a brother or sister in sin, what are we supposed to do? Get a spear and go run them through? What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to go talk to them, mm -hmm. right? If I see you committing some type of sin, mm -hmm. the expectation is me to go to you and to talk to you, mm -hmm. right? And then we can work it out, mm -hmm. right? And you can either say, you know, hey, you're, oh my gosh, you're right. Or maybe there was a misunderstanding or whatever. Why? Because it's not always sin. Sometimes I see something that I think is sin in my limited perspective. I want to go talk to you about it because then you say, oh man, well, that's not what I meant at all. I've had people come up to me numerous times and go, well, you said this thing. And I said, well, wait a minute. Wait, let's let's break it down. Let's look at this. Hold on a sec. And sometimes I need to go, man, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize that's not what, you know, or sometimes it's like, well, but that's not what I meant. And so let me help you understand what I meant. And they go, oh, now I get it. Now, you know, now I understand. And then we move forward. Right. But sometimes you have a brother or sister who goes, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want when I want. Mm -hmm. And then he says, hey, well, you get your brother, you get someone else and you go and you. So this is the method in the church that Jesus expects, right? Well, we're not doing spear work anymore. Some we're, we're under a different covenant relationship. Yes, we are under a different covenant yeah. relationship. You know, we have we have different responsibilities. You know, I mean, we are to love our brothers. That's right. You know, and that means we have to love them the way the way God shows us He loves us through this new covenant relationship. I would argue Phineas did love his brothers when he ran that man through with a spear. Yeah, you, but it was still under a different covenant. 
He had the right in that covenant to kill this guy. Well, I mean, we don't. They were already under orders to do so. Yeah, we don't have that right. See, if you look down here, if you keep reading, it says the name of the Israelite who was killed with a Midianite woman was Zimri, son of Salu, the leader of a Simeonite, Simeonite family. And the name of the Midianite woman who was put to death was Cosby, daughter of Zer, a tribal chief of a Midianite family. The Lord said to Moses, treat the Midianite. Now, that whole 14 and 15, understand for a second here, we're talking, this is spiritual warfare at this point, Mm -hmm. right? This wasn't just any, right? This wasn't just some woman. This was the daughter of a tribal chief of a Midianite family. So now we're talking, we're getting into the spiritual realm of fighting. And I know it's hard for us to understand that and see it, but I'm telling you, there is a lot more going on here. The spiritual war has not stopped. Remember, they're doing this in service to idols. They're doing this in service to a ball. It's the chief who's leading this, the leading the way in this. It's another leader of the church leading the way in this. There's a lot going on here spiritually. Okay, but the point is this: he, Phineas took what God told him to do, and he did it. Now we've already been told what to do. You talked about the difference of the covenants. Mm-hmm. Now. God is calling everyone to repent. Mm-hmm. This is the expectation, even within the church. Mm-hmm. And the way we deal with our brothers and sisters in the church, Jesus has already given us our mar- marching orders. Mm-hmm. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to go to them one-on-one, mm-hmm. right? This is Phineas with this spear. When we refuse to go to our brothers and sisters in one-on-one, that's a problem. That's well, a problem. You know, we, we, uh, uh, we had someone come after us with a spear yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. You know? <laughs> we did, man. We and did. this individual came yeah. after us with a spear. She did. Yes, she did. And uh, and she was uh, uh, she was she was upset. She was upset. She was upset. Yeah. And look, I think she was perfectly justified. I, in her I upset. think so too. I think. I think. Um, you know, do I think that? Do I think she went about expressing that frustration and anger and a hundred percent right? No, I don't. But who does? But you know, she did repent. She did. Yeah. She she came in. Look, and when she came and talked to me, I told her, I said, look, sister, you got nothing to apologize for. Yeah. You're upset. You're angry. I get that. We're trying. We're all trying to do the right thing. You know, I don't think there was, in my opinion, there wasn't any sin here. It's <laughs> We're all trying to do the yeah. right thing. Yeah. You know, from her perspective, this is the way things ought to be. From our perspective, we're not only trying to deal with her generational perspective, because her generational perspective is is different than somebody else's. And so you're trying to manage all that. And it's like, man, I don't want to offend somebody and then trying not to offend it, certain people, almost, you offend her. It almost sometimes feels like you're trying to plug up. Plug a plug a ten foot hole with a cork. It's you impossible. Know? You're never going to do it. It's, yeah. it's it's this idea, right? You can't please everyone. I mean, you're we're human, right? And what is our desire? Desire is very. It's like I told somebody the other day when we were talking about this. the The best way to avoid uh, conflict in the church is to believe sincerely that everybody is working towards the good, that we're all trying to please God. We're all working that way. And where there's friction, it's just misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. It's just where I'm thinking this is the best way to please the Lord. You're thinking this is the best way to please. Okay, so we're all on the same team. Then we want to please the Lord. Let's sit down and talk, you know, and let's let's believe that about each other. Now, with that in mind, Mm -hmm. this... Uh, this individual, uh, Zimri, the son of Zalu, the leader of this Simonite family, he is doing the exact opposite. 
And he's not just mm-hmm. saying I'm not interested in pleasing the Lord. He is showing he's not interested. Yeah. I mean, think, you've got bodies dropping left and right. Mm-hmm. You're, it's, it's like, imagine for a second, Dan, God has, has brought a plague on Central. And you're walking through the foyer doing the very thing that caused the plague. Mm-hmm. And people are dying left and right. Mm-hmm. Who is it that doesn't love their brother and sister? Mm-hmm. Phineas, who's going to put you down? Yeah. Or you, who's walking arm in arm with the cause of the plague? Yeah. You know, I mean, hello. Yeah. You know, this is this is crazy, man. This isn't about the world. We can think that. It's not. It's about covenant. It's about covenant people. These people have been told, this is your covenant. This is what you signed up for. This was all the way back in Exodus 24. You signed up for this covenant. What's the covenant? I'm going to obey God or I'm going to die. Like God told them that, like, this is, these are the terms of your agreement. You, you either come with me and you, you will, I'll be your God. You'll be my people. Mm-hmm. Lots of good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll bless you. But if you don't obey, this is what's going to happen. You're right. It's a different covenant. And so what happened? Rebellion after rebellion after rebellion. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, he said, the Lord said to Moses, treat the Midianites as enemies and kill them. They treated you as enemies when they when they uh, deceived you in the PR incident involving the sister Cosby, the daughter of Midianite leader, the woman who was killed when the plague came as a result of that incident. He said, you know, you know, is there is there a spiritual connection for us here? You know, we are supposed to strive to eliminate the evil that and Satan out of our lives. There's a reason you talked earlier, and you're you're so on point. You talked about removing those temptations, right? Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, the temptations were going to come from the nations around them. Yeah. And this is why God said over and over and over again, remove you need them. to wipe these people out. You need to remove them mm-hmm. from your land. Now, that's not all he said. And the reason why was they, these people had already been given their shot. He tells Abraham back in Genesis 15, your people are going to come back. They're going to take the land. And the reason it's going to be them later is because the sin of these groups of people is not yet complete. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's still a chance for them to turn things around. So we're going to wait. He tells them in Deuteronomy, and I'll find it for next and, time. And, you know, and we and we see that, you know, to illustrate that, we see that in a, in a small sense, you know, when when they come to 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 get uh, to uh, what's the first time they come to when they uh, Esau? Edom? No, when they when they come to the promised land the second time and they go in and find Rahab, uh, Jericho. Yeah, Je- I, man, lost. I was, I was thinking, man, just yeah, Jericho, Rahab. Yeah. Well, and and Rahab says, we've seen y'all. We've heard about y'all. That's right. We're scared to death of y'all. Yeah. But it didn't cause the whole they didn't cause the whole group of them to turn. It just caused Rahab to turn. And what happened? God accepted God and God saved her and her family. And in Deuteronomy, we see this. They are commanded. They are commanded. Now God says over and over again, you go wipe all these people out, you go do these things. But you have to understand, you gotta look at it in totality. And if you look in other places in Deuteronomy, God says, What did I command you to do? Yeah. You go up to these towns and you say, Hey, you know, surrender. You can your your options are either surrender uh-huh. or be wiped out. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this was the expectation. Some places they weren't going to surrender. Jericho was one of those. Yeah. If the entire city of Jericho had capitulated and said, we're wrong, what, whatever, we're, we're going to serve you like Rahab. We're going to serve you and serve your God. Uh-huh. What would the reaction have been? Well, Rahab is an indication of that. OK. Rahab's you got his passage. Well, no, I got another one. Okay. You know, the book of Ruth. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ruth is not an Israelite. She's a Moabite. She's a Moabite. I wanted to make sure that what I thought she was. Yeah. I mean, I found it right. She's a Mo- she's, she's a, a Moabite. She's a Moabite. She don't want to go home. Yeah, 
She'll, she, I'm staying with you. I'm staying with you. Yeah, yeah. you're not. So I'm, I'm her bitter. sin, you know, that sin had, you know, her, her opportunity to repent had come, and she took advantage of it. You know where you find her? Go look at Matthew. Seed line of Christ. In the seed line of Christ. The grandmother of David. Yeah. I mean, she's, she marries Boaz. She marries Boaz. I'm pretty sure grandmother. I, th- I think she's a grandmother, a great grandmother. Great grandmother, one of them. You know, and she comes. You find her in this, just like you find Rahab. What's what's really what's really interesting is is David. First of all, the law, uh-huh. the law states. <laughs> this is how we know it's not God's perfect law. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's perfect for the job, but it's not perfect uh-huh. uh, in the sense that we should bind it on all people. That covenant is a different covenant. But in in the law, it states a Moab. Um, a, a, a progeny of Moabite will not be allowed into Israel up to the 10th generation. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. Okay. We just pointed out that Ruth is King David's grandmother, great-grandmother. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not 10 generations. No. And what does David say in Psalm 51? When he's talking about, I think it's Psalm 51 where he's repenting. It's Psalm 51 or 52 where he's repenting about his sin with Bathsheba. Right, and he's uh, it's it's kind of like his confession, right? What does he say? I was born in sin, I believe is what he says there. Mm-hmm. Could it be that he's referencing the fact that according to the law, this man should be disqualified, completely disqualified from Israel because he's not the tenth generation from Ruth? Could it be? Maybe. Yeah. You know, people point this out. You know, it's something to think about. It doesn't necessarily mean what what it it says it on its face. But if you don't understand the context, if you don't understand the history, if you don't understand what he's referring to, you could take that passage and you can run all sorts of ways with yeah. it. And all sorts of people have. But it's important to remember, God is a redeemer, and His redemption comes to <laughs> those who are willing to throw themselves on His mercy. Mm-hmm. It says in Romans, He's a rewarder of those who do not work. Right? Mm -hmm. He's a rewarder of those who do fail, but believe. And so it's so important for us to understand in this passage is not about those who struggle and fail. We're not talking about that. If these people struggled and failed, they would have struggled and failed right into the promised land. And 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 we need to point out that, that God is a loving God even then. And he, and he, he makes a place for people who are willing to follow him just like he does now. That's right. You know, you may be out there and you may be saying, you know, my job is doing this and my family's doing this and all that, you know, and, and, and I know that's going on in people's lives. All God's asking for you is to be as faithful now as you possibly can and give him a chance to work out his plan in your life. Just start trusting him. Yeah. You know, because he is going to, he's got a plan, you know, he can work through the garbage. He really, he can work through the evil, you know, Evil's there is to show us that God has a plan and can get through it and can fight through it and can cause greatness to happen, even through evil. You know, if there was no evil, we wouldn't even know that God can work through that stuff. But we know that he can because he does it all the time. And if that's where you're at, just be patient. Just trust him. Trust in God. He's got He's got a plan. He wants you to be faithful in your heart, yeah. deep in your heart. Say I, say, I love God deep in my heart. I'm trying the best I can right now. And one day... God's going to give you an opportunity to do better. What does Romans 12, 1 and 2 say? It says, do not be conformed any longer. In verse 2, it says, but it says, uh, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. And then verse 2 says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has a plan. God has a will for our lives. And as we start to transform, 
through Bible study, through interaction with other people, through uh, interaction as we watch other wise Christians. Wise counsels. Yeah, wise, wise counsel. counsel. And then we'll start to be able to see the bits and pieces of God's plan as it unfolds. And we may not see, we won't see it any other way. And, and we may not see all of it at all, ever. But you know what? We'll, we'll start to see the, the way God works and the way he has worked in our lives as that transformation continues to happen in our lives. Keep fighting. Keep struggling. Keep going forward. Keep going towards God. And I promise you, he will, he will, he will, he will show you the light. And that's what these people weren't doing. Yes, exactly right. They were full on rebellion. That's exactly right. And that doesn't mean God can't forgive rebellion. No. It just means that at some point. But we gave you two individuals, the two ladies that didn't do this, that were living in godless countries, godless areas, the, and they had contact with God and they repented and they came to God. By law, excluded from Israel. By law, excluded. And yet God redeemed them anyway. And yet anyway. God redeemed them anyway. Yep. Amazing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to study. I pray, Father, that those who are watching, those who, who are struggling with their lives, that they've paid attention. They realize that how much you love to save, how much you love to, to bless and encourage and to shower with grace and mercy. You don't, you don't uh, long to, to punish. You don't long to annihilate. You long to, to, to trust. I mean, you long to bless those who trust in you. And I pray, Father, that we will learn that from this text and from these, from these uh, folks that we talked about. Thank you for the opportunity, Father. Thank you for the opportunity to, to experience your blessings and your safety. Thank you so much for your son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.